passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Cafe Hangout. I am praying that you can all hear us and that... uh, the stream is perfectly fine right now because uh, we've been going through a crazy number of technical difficulties and uh, things of that nature um, today. So hopefully this is uh, all good. If not, you guys will get this after the fact and uh, the recording should be perfect. But John, please uh, take it away. Well, uh, welcome everybody to the Cafe Hangout. I wish everyone could have been behind the scenes here in our uh, studio for the last 10 minutes to watch Way. Uh, totally MacGyver this thing, but we are live and we are joined by Voices of Wrestling's Rich Krejci, who is on the line with us to make everything seamless. Rich, how are you doing today? Oh no, <laughs> I, I always have technical difficulties, so I hope that that is not uh, not a lot of fun. But uh, no, thank you guys for having me. Uh, this, is, uh, this is quite the honor to be on the uh, Cafe Hangout, and I'm excited. Well, we, uh, we want to have you on. Of course, we're in the midst of the G1 season. You guys are doing your, your traditional excellent coverage of the tournament. But uh, starting off with some very sad news today, it was actually All Elite Wrestling who just uh, tweeted this out recently. The passing of Harley Race, who we, we had known had been hospitalized recently. Very sad. Obviously, one of those major names uh, rich in pro wrestling history. Multiple time NWA champion, influential for so many people. And just uh, obviously very sad story knowing he had been in in poor health and passing away on Thursday afternoon. Yeah. It, unfortunately he felt like one of those. And, and we had seen the conversations and we'd seen the reports that, that things were not going well. And it was like one of these things where it was like, Oh no, this is going to be a novel. It's going to probably, hope, uh, you know, unfortunately happen at, at, at some point pretty soon. And then it seemed to kind of die down a little bit where you didn't hear those reports. Cause I feel like it was a few months ago where we heard that it was like very dire for him. I forgot who was uh, reporting that at the time. And then it felt like, okay, he's doing better. He's been better spirits. Like, Things are going pretty well, and then obviously the news uh, just a few minutes ago after we started to work with this recording is, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. He's a, he's a guy that probably a generation before me, but a guy that I've gone back and, and, and watched some of his stuff and, and tried to appreciate it a little bit. It's maybe not a style that I necessarily gravitate towards all that much, but it's undeniable how much of an impact he had on, on processing history. And, and I'm sure, uh, you know, it's another one of those unfortunate things when someone passed away. A lot of people do go back and watch a lot of their old stuff and maybe gain uh, an appreciation for, for people. So hopefully we'll see that over the next few weeks as more people going back, watching some of his classic stuff, discovering some new stuff. And um, we'll see. Yeah. And the there, network also, you know, maybe has some stuff in the archives that can, they can pop out too. Yeah. There, there's so much of, of course, like the in-ring that you can focus on, but you know, towards like the tail end of his career, when he kind of got out of the ring, I thought he was just such a great manager for Vader. Like he just seemed like the perfect kind of here's oh, yeah. the the grizzly veteran that has found the his new monster in Vader and I always thought like that was such a great pairing that those two had in the early 90s in WCW. Yeah, and that voice especially that just made it all that much better just him on the outside being like come on Vader do it. <laughs> <laughs> and do, doing voice, some of those great vi- the, the, the like campy that. vignettes that they would do with Vader and then you'd have like Harley in the midst right, of it all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was perfect stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. That that's probably where I know of him more, and then it ended up becoming as I grew up, uh, and obviously, you know, being able to, you know, with, with the internet, being able to watch more stuff, classic stuff, with the 
bit more of his his, his actual wrestling because I knew like his his late WWF stuff, which is obviously not great. His body was breaking down at that point. Uh, but what I really appreciated was yeah his managerial roles, and then uh, that, that really like you said the stuff with Vader was just awesome. Uh, well, I did want to shift over to the G1 uh, Climax, and you guys, as always, killing it with your great, great coverage yourself, Joe Lanza, the whole team at Voices of Wrestling, and just wanted to get some of your, your overall thoughts as we head into the big Osaka shows this weekend. Uh, kind of a, a tale of two blocks right now where you've got Kazuchika Okada, who's been the the unbeatable top top point getter in the a block and then the b side like yes we have moxley on top but a lot more parody there in the middle with the seven-way tie coming out of today's fukuoka show but i uh, just tell some of your kind of broad strokes uh opinions early on of the g1 as we've passed the midway point of the tournament so far yeah i mean the first few nights felt like oh my god we're on the pace to have like an all-time great tournament that's not saying that we aren't having a you know a, a really really good tournament i think we, we absolutely are but uh, you start seeing people starting to slow down a little bit as this tournament's kind of going a little bit more kind of story-heavy things. Like, you know, I just watched uh, th- this morning's show a few hours ago, and that was, you know, there was some really, really good matches in there in terms of, like, you know, Cobb and, and uh, uh, Shingo was awesome, and, and Goto and Ishii were awesome. But you see, like, Naito maybe kind of taking it a little easy. You know, Jay White, Saichi kind of taking it a little bit easy. You know, now we have, we're into the Moxley stage where now he's going to, presumably start taking some losses so we're mm-hmm. going to see a little bit of a different work in there so it feels like for a while there we were on the pace to like oh my god they're not gonna be able to keep up this pace and and that's kind of shown itself too that's not to say when it's all said and done and we always talk about this uh during every g1 is that there always hits like a little bit of a lull and then we all go oh no that's it it's never gonna be good again or oh it's you know everyone's slowing down but they always ramp it back up for you know the big shows like this weekend i anticipate some pretty big shows and then obviously going into next week going into the finals and the, and the block finals uh, we, we get right back on track there. But, no, I mean, it's all been pretty fun. And I think the scenarios that we've laid out right now have made it really interesting, too. Like, every night and every day now, I, I you know, I either wake up or I try to stay spoiler-free to try to kind of get an idea uh, of what's going on with, uh, especially the B block. I mean, the A block kind of, like you said, you got Okada at the top and you sort of presume that he's going to be in the mix for the final night. You have Abushi who presumably will, will, will get into that mix and, and, and potentially win the block. He's my pick to win the block. Uh, Kenta, who's obviously done, uh, I think, a lot better than all of us expected there's a lot of fun in the a block the b block's like total madness because you have yeah. moxley at 10 and you know that he i guess has to start losing unless they've just gone nuts and said you know what screw it moxley's the, the b block champion and then you have naito who you know needs to scratch and claw now and win every single time to get to that final or to, to, to get to that block final so it's going to be super interesting on the b block is that like every result in the b block is going to matter so much and there's such a microscope on it because we all have the scenario in our mind of either it being naito or even you know the long shot jay white but, like, both those guys have just a super long uphill climb to get there, whereas Moxley now, I presumably just have, you know, I think he does have to lose everything here on out, and that seems kind of strange, too, that, like, you know, I, I get the Yano loss this morning. That was, like, one that you could probably have read, you know, from the beginning. But, like, the rest of these, he's going to have to lose a lot of matches going forward. It just seems so weird given the streak he was on. So I'm fascinated by the B-block and the scenarios that play out. Who have been uh, your, your standout uh, performers? And also, let's hear what your standout matches thus far, Rich. Yeah, I mean, stand-up performer, I mean, you got to say Tomohiro Ishii, I think, is probably my number one, and that, that seems kind of nuts because Kotobushi and, and Osprey, I think, have had incredible tournaments, too. But, I mean, Ishii is just, like, he, he personifies everything I love about the G1. It's just, like, every match is he lives and dies by the win, you know, and he doesn't always win. But this has been uh, a fun year to just see him just go all out in just every single match. He's just doing everything he can to get the win. So I, I always appreciate you know, Ishii around G1 time, and I, it, it's weird, like, I think sort of, I don't want to say underrate Ishii, but I think maybe underappreciate Ishii, and then the G1 comes, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, this guy's like one of the best wrestlers in the world. And, and he's been doing it for years now in the G1, so he's almost, you know, he's at a point now where you can almost call him one of the best wrestlers, you know, of this generation, too, because it's just like his G1 performances are just nuts. So so he's definitely stood out and been some of my favorite matches. I mean, the, um, uh, as far as some other ones, I mean, Ishii and Moxley, I think, is, is probably my I think my favorite match of the whole G1, which is weird, because there's probably matches that, like, technically were a little bit better, but there was no match that I was just, like, enthralled with as much uh, as Ishii and Moxley, like, where they're at each other's throats before the bell even rings, and that, that stuff that I just absolutely, uh, you know, love about wrestling. And, and, and Ibushi and Osprey, of course, speaks for itself. That's one that, that is, is going to emerge as, as probably, the, you know, the top one of the G1 or maybe the top-rated uh, one of the G1. And, and actually, a sleeper match that I've been telling a lot of people that, that I really, really love that I didn't hear a whole lot of talk about, maybe because it kind of got lost in the early days, uh, was was Juice and Shingo, which I loved. I think it was night one, right? Was it? The, I forget exactly what night it was. Night one or night two. I think two, that was uh, yeah, the the, the Oda Ward 
Jim show. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I forget. I forget who had the block first. I think. I think it would have been night two, maybe then for other people. But no, I mean that match is like one that you know. I think we'll. I, I want to rewatch once the G one's over because I feel like it's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. But then I keep going back to it as like, man, no, I really, really like that match a lot. And again, it, it, it's had that same sort of vibe that that I've liked with Ishii, where those guys are just going all out. Uh, trying to win and and you know another MVP as well I think uh, Shingo has been awesome too he's now unfortunately eliminated in the B block uh, but I think it's been a great showing for him and if there's any you know sort of plans which I assume there are uh, to move up to heavyweight there's no issue right there I mean you, you feel like he's going to slide into be heavyweight and just emerge as, as another one of the awesome amount of stars that you know New Japan has right now what was your read kind of on John Moxley coming into all of this? Like, certainly we had kind of the indication uh, after the Juice Robinson match at, at Sumo Hall last month uh, in June. But did you was this kind of meeting your expectations or has he greatly exceeded them for you? I honestly think he's greatly exceeded. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I kind of thought he would take a little bit of time to sort of, you know, get into motion and kind of feel himself a little bit. But it's like, man, he's taken it, you know, perfectly. I think he's he's been able to sort of meld his different styles. Like we saw the Yano match this morning, which, you know, he's great at comedy and great at sort of working that style. We've seen him work the kind of the bruiser style with, with, with Ishii, but we've seen him work a bunch of different things. He's been technical and needs to be technical. He's been, you know, uh, a little bit more, like I said, a brawler, a little bit more comedy when he needed to. And I think that kind of surprised me. I thought he'd be a guy that would maybe take a little bit longer to get going. You know, when we talk about like the A block, like Kenta, I, I feel like Kenta's a guy who now little by little, you're starting to see him sort of feel himself a little bit, get his legs under him, you know, started getting a feel of what he wants to be. Whereas like Moxley, I thought that was going to be the Moxley thing. I thought by this point, we'd be like, all right, now Moxley's getting going. Okay, now he's kind of starting to feel himself. But he was like, from from opening bell, he's on, he's been great. So I, I'm stunned by how great he's been. So he, he's absolutely exceeded my expectations. Uh, someone that I've, I've, like every time I'm expecting like a loss to come his way, I've just been proven wrong with Okada. Like I've been very surprised at just how strong he's been booked coming out of the gate. Uh, for for Abushi to still be alive at Budokan Hall, he's got to lose at least one of these matches coming up. What do you see as the kind of trajectory for Okada over the next two tournament matches? He's got Sonata on Saturday in Osaka, and then Evil. Uh, do you see him losing one of those matches, both of those matches? Uh, none of those matches, because none of those scenarios would stun me at this point. Right, yeah, no, it, and, and that's the thing with Okada is it's so interesting to kind of book his G1s these days because you sort of, especially this year, I assumed, okay, he'd be, I knew he'd be at the top, but I thought he'd be at least kind of fighting for that top spot or, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, in the mix for the block win, but he's like, you know, 12 points right now at the next closest uh, at 80. He's like pulling away. So you'd imagine scenario-wise that he probably has to drop at least one of those, but like, like you said, if, if you told me, hey, do you think Okada's going to win both of those? You know, I probably I couldn't make a bet on any of those scenarios that you mentioned and feel confident about it because yeah. I feel like any any one of those are, are totally possible. I mean, with Sonata being eliminated, I guess less so that that you would want to have you know Okada lose to Sonata, but he's going to have to start getting some losses here if that scenario plays out with, with, with Ibushi like we think it is, and and that's one of the issues that you kind of have when you come with the G one is. Is and I do this, and I'm sure you guys do too. Is when you get into it, you kind of think, okay, here's my final, here's who I think is going to win, and you sort of tailor all your expectations based off of that. And it's possible that, like, I don't know, Okada wins the block, or like Okada wins the two, or like, I don't know, maybe, like, it'd be really weird, and I don't think that's the way I would go about it. But uh, the way he's been booked, I mean, it, it seems super strong. So at some point, he's going to have to start taking losses. I could definitely see a loss to Evil this weekend. I think that's one that that kind of plays into how they've booked Okada in past G ones, where like lost to Bad Luck Fale, lost to some of the bigger guys. I could absolutely see that. The Sonata one, less so, but I, I, I suppose, like you said, it's it's so weird. I could see all three of those scenarios having like an exactly equal amount of chance of happening without you know feeling confident about any one of them. At this point, uh, Rich, I guess compared to what you originally had predicted, well, what did you originally ha- have predicted as your final and, and your block winners? Yeah, so I, I had Abushi coming out of the A block uh, and and Naito out of the B block with Naito winning and obviously mm-hmm. you know avenging. Uh, has lost at Wrestle Kingdom 12, and I still think I'm on that trajectory, and I feel like it's still a possibility, but uh, the, the confidence level is pretty low. That it, it felt like a mortal lock at the beginning of the G1, and now it feels like there's so many other scenarios uh, that can play out. I still probably, if I was a betting man, I would say that's probably still the scenario I'd go with, but it, it, it's, yeah, like I said, the confidence is, is definitely waning on that just because there is the Okada there. There is the potential of a, of, of a Moxley, even though I think, I'd be really surprised by that or even someone like a Jay White or, or, or whatever. But I still, you know, still think if I was if I was going to bet it, I'd probably go with Bushi and Nekdo, uh with, with, with Naito emerging as the winner. 
I think as well over the next week and the handling of Moxley and kind of this this second portion of the tournament as well. Like th- this guy has been booked so strong that it, it tells me this is not a guy that they just, hey, we've got him for the summer. We've got him for this tournament and then we lose him in the fall. It it just seems like this guy is being handled with such care that this is someone that you would assume New Japan has plans for and the ability to to utilize beyond uh, once AEW starts weekly. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 in the same breath, kind of Kenta as well, because there sure. was the, this sort of worry at the beginning that like, hey, you know, Kenta's not not really locked in. Like they've just kind of said, hey, he's coming into the G one, but because he's gotten wins over over you know Okada and he's gotten big wins over over guys that it's like hard to believe that you would have him beat you know the people he's beat, and then to say, okay, well that was fun. All right, see you later. Go <laughs> you know, and then and same thing with the B block where like you can't fathom that they would book Moxley this well and then just go, all right, <laughs> that was great, that was fun. See you later. So. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, he has been, and and I imagine like he looks like he's having a time in his life too. I hate to kind of project, you know, what what he looks like, but I mean, it. it I, I feel like he is. You know, you watch those post match interviews, especially, and this seems like a guy who finally feels like he's he's loving wrestling again, and and um, that would be awesome to see him be. You know, even if it's not a full time thing, I you know it's hard to expect a full time thing. Obviously with AEW, yeah. but you hope he's a guy that you know maybe similar to Jericho, or maybe even a little bit more than Jericho, who comes in quarterly, comes in you know a few times a year, uh, and jumps in and does stuff because he's a guy who just by sending in you know and, and again similar to Jericho, just by sending in a Twitter a video or just sending in a YouTube, like he can he can push and get you ready for a match just by talking. He doesn't have to be there. He doesn't have to you know be doing that stuff every single week. So I would say if they have the opportunity to use them, and, and it feels like they kind of do by like you guys said by the way they booked them i i would welcome uh moxley and of course i would welcome kenta you know becoming full-time uh you know roster members or at least semi uh, uh regular roster members what do you see for somebody like lance archer who i think a lot of people are considering to be a breakout star of this tournament um perhaps impressing a lot more than even you know the, the way his record seems to indicate what do you see for him coming out of the g1 yeah, and, and we always had kind of thoughts about this as well because you know he he played a huge role in, in promoting the you know the Dallas show uh, locally and, and we always kind of wondered okay if and when they okay yes uh, you know Archer always felt like the guy that they probably had a little bit more faith in a guy that's been sort of a loyal company guy a guy that's you know helped them out when he could and and always seemed kind of like the bigger breakout guy it's nothing against Dave Boy Smith I just always kind of felt like they you know New Japan felt that Archer probably had a little bit more to give them. And, you know, it's kind of happened because obviously with David Boy has broken off and, and left. And, and I think it's a great opportunity for Archer uh, in the next, you know, six months or whatever. I don't know that he's ever going to be like IWGP heavyweight champion mix or whatever, but I don't see why he can't be a never guy. I don't see why he can't be, you know, an IC guy or be, you know, another decent um, a single star. I mean, they're kind of like, what's weird though is the company is so lacking in sort of top tier teams that you would sort of say, hey, the easy idea is let's put Archer with somebody else. But I, I almost think he's kind of outgrown that and I'd like to see him get, I, I, not a huge run, but maybe a little bit of a, a never open weight, you know, title mix or maybe an IC title mix or something like that. And, and I got to imagine they at least see something of that in him. I mean, like you said, the results don't really show it in this G1, but he has been sort of publicized and sort of pushed you know, in, in commentary and in a lot of the stuff they've done as a guy who, who is sort of breaking out, quote-unquote, as a single star. So I'd like to see it. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what they feel uh, for him, but I, I think he absolutely can be in the never IC mix. As you're looking at the months ahead, Rich, it's kind of interesting to look right now at the relationship between New Japan and Ring of Honor, that they had this this huge build-up to the Madison Square Garden show, and it felt like this this really high moment, but... Going into that show, I think people anticipated coming out of it that it's it's going to be a decline after this. Now, as you're seeing New Japan returning to the U.S. for pure New Japan shows and seeing the demand for these shows, uh, what do you see as the future of this relationship? Which I've been surprised it's lasted as long as it had, and it's been you know both sides have worked with each other pretty pretty in sync. But it seems that right now there are some questions about. What what is New Japan getting out of this relationship if they can come to the U.S. and draw as they are with just pure New Japan shows? No, you're absolutely right, and and this is the thing that I, I like you thought. Oh, this is this is going to last like a year or so until New Japan has the confidence that they can run shows on their own, and and it's obviously lasted way longer than than I anticipated as well. But I think we're maybe starting to see that. I think I don't know if MSG sort of gave them an idea that, hey, we're, we're kind of the, you know, we're the ones kind of <laughs> you know, running this thing here. You know, yes, the Ring of Honor is on the marquee, but, like, we're the ones with the big matches. We're the ones with that, that we think that the fans are drawing. You know, obviously, 
I, anybody who attended the show or watched the show live knows that the New Japan matches were the ones that it felt like most of the audience was into, and the Ring of Honor ones, you know, had their fans, no doubt, but a lot of the people felt like they were there for New Japan and not for Ring of Honor, and maybe New Japan finally had the confidence to say, hey, let's try it on our own and, let, and let's do it. And, and this was always the weird part of that relationship, is like you said, it always felt like New Japan was the more powerful of the two, and that sort of they could kind of drive the relationship the way they wanted. And now with them sort of just saying, hey, we're going to run shows on our own and Ring of Honor not really being in a position to say, hey, you guys can't do that. Or, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're in a partnership because New Japan just saying, oh, well, well, then we're done with the partnership. So Ring of Honor kind of has to, I guess, in a way, keep it up or keep up the facade that they're in this relationship. But then, you know, I see the news a few days ago uh, that, you know, Global Wars is going to be with CMLL this mm-hmm. year, not New Japan. So, I, like, I don't know if it's just a thing where, like, you know, in a weird relationship where they just kind of stop talking to each other and then, like, it just goes away without us really knowing about it, or if there's going to be one big moment where it's like, all right, New Japan and Ring of Honor are no longer partners and it's now what I, like, I don't know, but but it's so weird with these next few months with, with New Japan just running their own shows. And I think most telling about that, too, is not that they're just running their own shows, and, and you sort of mentioned this as well, that they're running in, like, Ring of Honor markets. They're yes. running <laughs> Ring of Honor arenas by themselves, basically getting the intel from Ring of Honor for years and going, okay, cool, thank you. We now know how to price our tickets, where to go, what arenas to do. We appreciate it. Okay, bye. And now just kind of going on their own. And Ring of Honor kind of being in a position where they can't really stand up to them because they don't really have any leverage to do that either. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just New Japan you know, doesn't return their calls anymore or, or what ends up happening, but it's, it's, it's really weird right now. It's kind of like uncomfortable to watch it from afar. Well, and as well, I mean, we're, we're talking on a Thursday. We're eight days out from the summer supercard that they're doing up here in Toronto, which was initially promoted as ROH, New Japan, CMLL, and NWA. We know NWA is out of the picture, but I mean, eight days out, there's been no New Japan talent that's been announced for that show <laughs> yet either. It's like there's CMLL representation, but I, I, I don't know adding New Japan talent on less than a week's notice. Like there, there's been nothing. Yeah, that, that's weird. I actually didn't, I completely forgot about that show, I'll be honest. You know, even running down, you know, a list of SummerSlam events and, or SummerSlam weekend events. Yeah, that's that's really bizarre because, yeah, I, they have, and they really, I don't think Ring of Honor's done a very good job of promoting it all that much either. And maybe that's by, I don't know, by you know, by not by accident, like uh, an intention to not sort of bring light to it. But you're right, like, we would already, I mean, they know who's not on the G1. You know, they should have, New Japan would have yep. known the amount of talent, or Ring of Honor would know the list of talent that they could choose from if New Japan gave them that list. And and it would just be completely irresponsible for Ring of Honor not to promote that talent. So, uh, I don't know that. Like you said, that might be the moment where we kind of go, oh, this thing is, is is done now. If, like, there's not New Japan presence there, if there's not, you know, sort of stuff going on, I, I guess you, you sort of know from that show, so maybe we'll know in eight days, you know, what's actually going down with this relationship. But, yeah, it is real icy right now, and I completely forgot about that. So that's a great point. Uh, Friday, we've got the big on-sale date for the TNT debut at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Uh, What's kind of your your sense of what we're going to expect? Is this going to be uh, continuing in the trend of AEW's big shows? Do you see, you know, a a strong output but not a sellout? What's kind of your feeling on this on-sale on Friday? Because it's going to be one that's under a microscope for sure. And I think just curious to see there's going to be demand, just how much demand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And everything AEW does right now is just under like a tremendous microscope because we're all just like peering in and they don't have as much like in terms of shows. So we have to like kind of, you know, microanalyze every little thing they do. Tickets are on sale, whether you had all this sort of stuff. It's, it's been pretty fun to watch, but um, that's awesome. I, I love competition in the marketplace. It's, it's been really cool. But uh, my thought initially is I think that they're going to do well for this. I don't know if it's going to be like an immediate like 30 second sellout or minute sellout or whatever that, you know, all out was. I think absolutely it's going to sell out if and what, you know, by the time they run that show. And I think pretty quickly after the tickets go on sale, the big thing that I'm always looking at, I'm sure I know you guys have talked about it a little bit too, is now what sort of the follow-up, what arenas do you run after this? How many tickets do you sell doing this on a weekly basis? I think you can absolutely say, Hey, this event is coming up. Yeah. It's on a weekday. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's it's sort of just lumped in the middle of the week and and it's not on a holiday or whatever. But I think enough people want to be there for that first moment. They want to be there for that historic show. It's similar to anything that AEW's done so far, where it feels like, oh, I need to be a part of this because it's like this inaugural thing. It's this first thing. So I think it's going to do well. You know, yeah, you're, maybe it's going to be tricky to get people from all across the country, but I think maybe between D.C. and Philly and some, some other you know cities around there, they could probably sell that thing out. And maybe some people do fly in, even though it's midweek. The big thing for me, though, that I'm looking at is now, okay, the week after, the week after that, like how then do you sort of sustain – 
this and what sort of arenas are you running because it's completely unrealistic because i mean ron smackdown don't do it right now you know unrealistic to say that hey they can run basketball arenas every week and 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 sell those out like i mean it's just impossible for that to be this the case so that's where i'm really kind of looking at is is you know what sort of happens after this inaugural show because i think this one will sell out um i don't know if it'll have like i said the crazy immediate demand that like all out had but i kind of think it it, it probably will be similar just because yeah it, you want to be seen you want to be there for that first uh, historic event but you know week seven of their tv that's where i'm really like okay yeah who's who, you know are you gonna be able to sell that across the country uh, every single week uh, strictly looking at the TV product uh, of AEW's Rich, um, you know, what are some of your biggest concerns that you might have uh, leading into their first show that perhaps, you know, seeing their prior output, you might not have the, the biggest confidence in? Yeah, I mean, well, the librarians, first off, I would <laughs> hope that they uh, limit the library. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of, of the librarians or a lot of the stuff they've done in the pre-shows. I think for me, the thing I'm going to be most, I don't want to say worried about, but at least keep an eye on a little bit more is, is what has been kind of the perceived comedy stuff, a little bit more of like the being the elite style uh, approach that they've had towards wrestling, which is like things like the librarians, things like just little things here and there that they've done that have been kind of, I don't know, I haven't really been super invested in, whereas like the road to whatever, you know, the road to all out, the road to fight the fall, and like those sort of, everything that they're doing there, I love. And I think yeah. would translate perfectly to TV for me, but I get the approach that they want to, possibly take as well that they want it to be a variety they want a little something for everybody but i mean for me I, like just what i'm talking about is like i don't really i, I don't really ha- need the variety of like you know bad comedy wrestling which i kind of think like uh the librarians are right now so that that kind of concerns me a little bit is like how much of the what i perceive sort of the being the elite style wrestling versus like kind of the road to the serious kind of the stuff that cody's been doing a little bit more of kind of the classic you know southern wrestling type type approach they've taken and i would say also the women's division as well like there's been some real highs with the women's division in terms of anytime that joshi talent is in there there's been some lows too like i have not really loved a lot of the stuff that's involved the american or or the north american uh women's talent either you know the brandy stuff has been fine but like that's my other concern too is because that's that's a real opportunity for them i think particularly with the joshi talent to really stand out from the competition is that, yeah, they, they claim they have a revolution here. They claim they have an evolution or whatever, but like, look at the talent that we have, look at how many great wrestlers we have from across the world in that women's division. And, and I feel like, I don't want to say they've like fumbled it so far, but there's been, there's been some good and some bad. And and I'd like to see that sort of shored up a little bit and have the booking of the women's division feel a little bit more uh, together. But I I just saw when we were getting ready to record that they said they're going to, you know, crown the, the women's champion on that debut show too. So that leads me to believe that, okay, now we're maybe going to get a little bit more serious about it. With that said, like, you know, if Brandy wins because awesome Kong, you know, hits somebody, <laughs> you know, it's like a weapon or whatever, then I might be like, Oh, I don't know. What, what, what approach are they going to take with the women? So I'd say, you know, the, the two big things are how much of kind of the, the comedy tongue in cheek stuff. And then how, how will the women be booked? Cause I think that'll be a key uh, to really setting themselves apart from, from the competition. Uh, just before we wrap up uh, next weekend, uh, just give me a sense of, uh, how crazy your weekend is going to be. I am uh I don't know how we are gonna pull this off with the uh with SummerSlam weekend coupled with the final three nights of the G one at Budokan Hall from Saturday through Monday. Uh what kind of coverage can we look forward to at Voices of Wrestling and Will You Be Alive come Tuesday morning? Yeah, so I know <laughs> First off, I feel bad for you guys because it's in your town, too. I know what that's like, you know, with, with all-in shows or, or different things like in the hometown is that you feel like you're you're kind of like talking to everybody or you're, I don't know, you guys are doing a live show, too. Like, I can't even, I can't imagine how you're going to have the time. Well, so you guys get it Survivor stuff. Series weekend, right? It's like Chicago. It'll be right in your backyard. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, any of those wrestling weekends, it's like, oh, well, it's been like people come into town, you feel like you kind of want to like talk to people, you try to do lives. It's, it's exhausting. But yeah, in terms of what we're going to do at Voice of Wrestling, we have we're working on it right now, kind of getting assignments for everybody right now. Uh, but we'll have previews for all the big shows, including kind of a weekend, uh, re- uh, kind of a weekend preview of all, all the big shows that are going on, all the indie shows that are going to go on. In addition to previews for obviously uh, Takeover, uh, SummerSlam, reviews of all the G1 shows. Uh, we also have a Patreon side as well uh, that we're going to do weekly or, or daily, I should say, uh, G1 updates going into the finals, going, you know, after the finals, all that sort of stuff as well. So uh, definitely a thing to check out at voicewrestling.com slash Patreon. But, yeah, it's going to be an insane weekend. It's one of those weekends where, like, want it's not only just the covering of everything, it's the watching of everything, too, that you're, like, adding up the hours, and you're like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not that hard to, to do a podcast. It's not that hard to, you know, 
re- write a review or whatever, publish a preview, but it's like watching all the stuff that's just going to become overwhelming. But uh, I love these weekends, though. You know what I mean? Like, this is the best thing ever is that we get, like, so much great wrestling in a weekend, and, and, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, we'll have you covered uh, at Voice Wrestling, as I'm sure you guys will at PostWrestling.com as well. But, yeah, we'll have previews, reviews of everything going on and, and, and podcasts covering everything as well. I, I think we, we should enjoy this particular period in this year because I think next year, in the same period, with AEW doing as much as, as I'm sure they'll be doing, um, we'll be looking back and wishing that we had a week like this. Oh, if AEW announces a uh, <laughs> right. five-week summer tournament to go head up with the G1, oh, it's my, just my, my head's going to explode yeah. at this point. <laughs> I really, yeah. At that point, I might just have to quit my job and do this thing. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. But yeah, it's it's you know these weekends are are like yeah. It ultimately, it's just a lot of really great wrestling. So it's hard to you know be too upset or complain. But yeah, it is it is tough when you're trying to cover this stuff and watch the stuff and then also try to have like a, some semblance of a real life too. But I guess you have to just throw that by the wayside and watch wrestling instead. Well, I encourage all of our listeners and viewers, go check out uh, their excellent work at VoicesOfWrestling.com, and you can go uh, follow along with their Patreon content, uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. Follow them, Voices Wrestling, on Twitter. Uh, Rich, uh, really appreciate you joining us. Uh, I'm sure we will do this again, and good luck next weekend. It will be challenging, but there's a lot of great stuff coming up next weekend that uh, is going to be fun. Oh, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thank you, guys, and and yeah. We'll catch up at at one of these uh, spectacular weekends uh, down the road <laughs> at, at some point. So take it easy, Rich, and uh, thanks Let's again for it. joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. Take care. All right. You too, Rich. Rich Critch from Voices of Wrestling. And I know, way for the first half of that interview, you were just like, <laughs> your eyes were just like, like, oh, my God, is everything working? It <laughs> oh. turned out fine. Thank God, thank God, because I wasn't even sure that the, that our live chat was uh, was getting the, the 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 feed. But thank goodness everything is working. Like you guys have no idea. It was like with like, it was already three o'clock, and I had no solution. Like we we're where I was fully set on like recording this and uploading it afterwards. People were waiting in the chat room, and just God, YouTube, please. Anyway, uh, phone calls for the rest of the show. Yeah, we'll do calls please. for the rest of the show. Um, I really don't mean to like uh, skip over. Oh the, yeah, the, the we Har- just Harley found out like that was on top of everything. That right? literally got way read that to me at two fifty nine uh, as we went on the air. So I'll be writing an extensive bio on Harley Race later today. But um, unfortunately, that news just coming as mm-hmm. we uh, went live, and certainly we'll have a lot of coverage on Harley Race. Just a legendary figure in professional wrestling that crosses many different eras. Um, you know. Uh, absolute iconic figure within the nwa and kansas city so we will be uh covering that as well but let us go to the phone lines uh we do have our first call of the show uh you are on the air who is this that we are talking to this is mj hello mj MJ. coming to toronto for the live post show at the candy box 12 p.m before SummerSlam. damn we we didn't even have to promote that mj you did a fine job yourself yes um you know, earlier this week, we were told there were four tickets remaining. So I don't even know if there's any tickets left. So we don't even have to push this thing anymore. I, you people have been, you've responded tremendously well. So uh, MJ, I'm so, I'm, I'm honored that you're coming all the way up to check out the show. I'm we, sure it's not the, the only reason you're coming, but we'll pretend that it is. We have one ticket as, as of now. One ticket left. Yeah. Oh my God. Who's out there? Let's Single. see if we could sell it before the, before the cafe hangout ends. We'll see if we yes. can sell that. If you buy that last remaining ticket, folks... I will guarantee you, uh, maybe, maybe we'll, uh, me and Whale like sing a duet or something. No, we won't. No, we won't do that, but, uh, we'll take a picture. A high five. Yeah, high five. Definitely. Maybe even a hug. Uh, but MJ, what's on your mind today? There's uh, tons to talk about. Where do you want to go? Tons to talk about. Um, we're really just called to give the cheap plug. I'm actually coming to Toronto for, uh, takeover, the beast, uh, at the BDE tailgate. Mm-hmm. Your show, and I'm leaving before SummerSlam because you are not going to fool me into seven and a half hours in an arena one more time. I already did that at WrestleMania. I will not be fooled again. So what's interesting is that they are promoting the kickoff to start at 6 o'clock instead of the regular 5 p.m. Eastern start time for these big four uh, specials. And I don't know if that means that the back end of this show is going to be extended greatly because we have a, a lengthy match lineup that's continuing to grow, and it's going to be a I think it's going to be a late night. That's that's my prediction for SummerSlam. I mean, this show is in our own backyard and I I'm honestly not really any more excited than I would be uh if if it took place somewhere else. Um, well, neither of us are going. 
at least yeah, that well, I'm aware of. I mean, the, the the issue is like us having to do the show afterwards too. Yes. But seven hours, just even sitting down and watching it, I'm just like seeing all these match announcements. A bunch that maybe we'll, we we'll go through them all. On. Yes. Uh, but okay. Well, at, at the very least, MJ. Yeah. Like, let's. Yeah. Is there anything? What's what are you looking forward to on the uh, show? The two new matches that just got announced, or at least one that got announced, I think officially, and one that got rumored. You got Goldberg and Dolph, which. Uh, I don't know, did the WWE contact you guys for guessing their storyline? I, I guess that's what they're doing now. They're shocked that people watch the television. The match is happening. They're going to, uh, I guess, shoot, shoot the angle to get Goldberg into the match, but uh, that is happening. Do you, do you like the, the matchup, putting Goldberg in the match? Does it feel special to have Goldberg attached to SummerSlam, or does it not do much for you, MJ? I thought it was great. I'm a big Goldberg fan. I actually thought they shouldn't have announced it and just let it be out there. He shows up. Well, on they Monday. didn't. Let's be Here. clear. They did not announce it themselves. So this is. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, they're... I thought I saw a promo for it. I'm sorry. I saw that. I saw a fan graphic. I thought I saw an official graphic. Yeah, they have made no no official announcement as a, as of right now. I mean, they could, oh, so... but I think they'll shoot an angle for it. That's great. Spear, Jackhammer, you're next on Monday. Dolph cuts a promo on Tuesday. A one week build, and it's probably one of the better builds for SummerSlam. And I'll say that if they do Roman and Brian, and it's like. Who tried to kill Roman and Daniel Bryan is revealed as the murderer. Great. I don't need more than that. You know, like I think the, the way they have too much television, simple build, like one or two weeks, that's it. You don't need to like kill things with repeated promos and repeated angles. I don't know for the sake of it. Um, I think if they can't get it concise, like on the road to series that we're seeing with like Cody Rhodes right now, and just do simple, short one week, two week builds and then fill your TV with other good wrestling matches. Because they really, like, watered down stuff. I think, like, the women's match at Mania was a great example. By the time we got there, it lost so much heat because you just had week after week after week of the same stuff. Keep it short and simple. Stupid. I don't disagree with the premise um, because I look at how over Cody and Dustin was at Double or Nothing, and that got two promos was what built that particular show up. In traditional booking sense, like, you should be able to map out months and it peaks for a, for a big big showdown but sometimes it's uh you overkill and you you script stuff to death that by the time you get there uh it doesn't have that same edge to it so i don't necessarily disagree other than with who killed roman it's more like who mildly inconvenienced roman reigns at the end of smackdown as he literally brushed it off and and walked away so i don't know if the uh the malice may have been there, but the the execution maybe could have been questioned as as Roman literally got up and just it was like this guy had been hit by a gust of wind. Well, we're not going to do that blood and guts stuff on uh, SmackDown Live. <laughs> no. Speaking of blood and guts, on the Road to series, I don't know. I froze that whiteboard because they had a bunch of things written on it, mm-hmm. and one of them was more blood and guts. And I thought that was a great subtle way to like put it in there. I <laughs> thought the clever. DCE would have been over the head. Yeah. Um, if you freeze it, they had like Pentagon and Phoenix contracts. They had TNT standards and practices. They had more blood and guts. They had checkbox next to all these things, like with like empty boxes. So I guess they're like trying to do all these. They're um, real, they're really great Easter eggs that they put, use the whiteboard for. I, I like it. Hey MJ, uh, yeah, I want tremendous. I wanted to ask you uh, because we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week. Uh, but what do you what do you make of the WWE stock's performance uh, following the Q2 uh, uh, press conference last week? Yeah, thanks. I actually I tweeted something at John in uh, in the uh, I'm gonna uh, yeah Brandon Howard right yes. yes yeah yeah so I tweeted something. There were two big things that I took away that like don't really ever get talked about. One is the consumer products, the consumer sales, and their kind of downward trend now that we've seen a few quarters in a row. Uh-huh. And I think I mentioned this last time we spoke, right? The rise of the independent merch, the rise of AEW's merchandise. I'm surprised that no analyst digs into that because I think there's clearly a correlation. I'd be curious to hear what the WWE's position on that is. Hard to say that they're not competition when you have a downward trend and you see these other independent outlets kind of rising up the ranks, getting deals in retail stores like Hot Topic. The other piece is that, yes, they're losing some of that revenue, but like I'm really interested by this Netflix partnership. I'm really interested in the A and E stuff. Yep. Like they're just getting their content everywhere. And content rights is what's driving the stock, what's driving the company's bottom line at the moment. We saw that with the T V rights. Mm-hmm. So where else can you get guaranteed money that's not based on ratings or consumer products? It's through more of those content fees. We've seen it work with the reality shows. If we can see it with the documentary series on A and E, 
Maybe they get involved more with HBO, seeing that the Vice stuff is really taking off. They want to do their version of that. Um, and the Netflix stuff, which Netflix is always in the market for content. And I think Glow has demonstrated that, you know, Glow is not a wrestling show per se, but like there's an audience for it. And maybe there's an audience for more stuff that the WWE can produce and make that, uh, that film department like worth something. Because I don't know, it's got to be a loss leader at this point. I, I think it's it's one of the better strategies WWE Studios has had in a while is is partnering up and licensing content out there and and working with with other studios and services like Netflix. Like Netflix is certainly in the market right now to be acquiring content, and WWE is more than happy to produce and sell their content. And if Netflix is looking at Glow as a big success, it's a natural to segue over to WWE, where they've got two plus million people every Monday night to promote uh, a Netflix project, which I'm sure that big show project is going to get tons of promotion on the WWE's end. So that's a really interesting partnership to look at and see what the response is like, because it's going to be a very different series than glow. Thanks for the call MJ. Yeah. See you guys next week. Thank you, MJ. Um, we, we should talk about, uh, the additions to SummerSlam. So, uh, the match that will be added is Bill Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Not sure exactly when they'll be setting that up, but that is the plan match. And uh, do you like the direction that they're going with this? I think I'm honestly surprised that it would take place at SummerSlam and not, you know, something you would say for Fox, for instance. I thought it'd be more of a long-term thing. Um, how will they pivot from what they've already announced right now with Miz versus Dolph to Dolph versus Goldberg? Um, it's a good addition to SummerSlam. Does SummerSlam need it? I don't necessarily know. I mean, it will be a match that you would expect to be incredibly short. So maybe they have something else for Goldberg. Well, that's it. If if Goldberg runs through him, which I think is the way to do this. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a big deal with Dolph Ziggler getting killed in 90 seconds. It's his role. It's going to be a huge pop at the Scotiabank Arena. And naturally, there needs to be some follow-up. I think if Goldberg comes in and kills him, and I would not waste him in those... Kind of the lame duck period that is SummerSlam until going to Fox. Yeah. And I would have him on that debut show. And just Goldberg doing a squash match on Fox, I think that is something that it's there is a nostalgia to it. And you could also lead to something. Yeah, I just, man, there's a part of me that just like is so sad that we're still relying on a 20-year-old nostalgia act, you know, in modern day professional wrestling like think of didn't you know think of like nitro what, doing what was the, the go-to thing. for a rating spike way it was well, a whole yeah. show around this stuff, i'm just so. saying it's just kind of the state of like you know this these are our cards a card from 20 years ago that we have to pull out so i mean on SummerSlam though i i do like it provided that you know it becomes a, a short match and i think goldberg um has the type of performance that we expect of him i i like the card for SummerSlam. like it feels yep. like a big show there's some special attractions on it i think that largely i like the lesnar rollins attack this past week like it's I'll got... tell you what's weird though. Okay, if we're sure. to be to believe, uh, I, I guess uh, you know what's what's been reported by Dave so far, um, and that's Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross being injected into that women's tag team match with the Kabuki Warriors and uh, Rose and Deville, Rose and Deville, and the Iconics. And so... the Iconics. Why did Alexa Bliss pin? the challenger for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ember Moon, on Thursday. And Corey Graves immediately said she should be in the title match. Yeah. When she pinned her. Now, I mean, we haven't seen it played out. It It, has not been announced yet, but... Yeah, there's been no connection on TV yet of Bliss and Cross to that match. I guess that's something they, they could do, but they... It's been the other three teams that they've kind of dangled that out there. So that has not officially been announced, um... But yeah, Dave Meltzer reported uh, like the updated card, including that match and several others as well. It's it's like a pretty packed card, given the fact that they're promoting a shorter than usual kickoff show. Yeah, that there's a lot of matches on this show. Let's go to our next phone call. You're on the line on the cafe hangout. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Oh boy, Brandon. another another traveler SummerSlam weekend. <laughs> oh man, the laugh is coming, and it's not humorous. What's going on, man? I'm you know, excited, man. You know, honestly, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear the laugh because I, 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 like minutes before we started the show, I don't, I didn't even know if we, if we would have phone calls. So I'm actually happy to hear your laugh today, Brandon. Well, I'm, I'm glad I could put a smile on that, uh, on that face of yours, way. Thank you. <laughs> What's on your mind? Uh, no, I'm just excited for the weekend. Next weekend, I've always wanted to go to your country. What, uh, what are you going to do outside of coming to our live show, Brandon, in Toronto? He's played the Jays. I wanted to visit the spot where Joe Carter hit the bomb and Zayka Seiko hit the home run on the upper deck. I wanted to see those uh, 
Uh, the game itself is whatever. I'll, I'll, Now's I'll a great time to go to a Jays game because you can. They'll probably pay you to come to the Rogers uh, Rogers Center to watch the Jays play right now. Is there uh, five hundred and six games? You can probably first. you can probably play for the Jays. You honestly. might be, you might get drafted, Brandon. Yeah. Come on, Vladdy Junior. Kevin Biggio. Let's go, man. Boca Shad. Come on. Damn. Core. Look at this. Brandon guy. speaks as somebody who's probably watched a lot of Toronto TV. I feel. Hey, is uh, Colby Covington? Going to make easy work of Robbie Lawler? Do you see a, a a tough challenge here for Colby Covington? What do you expect from Robbie Lawler on Saturday? Uh, in front of Donald Jr. too. Oh, I can't, I can't wait till yeah, uh, Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> and Eric Trump are going to be attending this fight Jeez. in in your neck of the woods, Brandon. Are you going to the card in Newark? I'll be in Toronto. No, it's just on Saturday. It's tomorrow. Oh, it's, in two days. Oh, okay. but, isn't there a card next weekend too? There's always a card every weekend, but I knew you weren't going to Uruguay next weekend to watch uh, Valentina Shevchenko <laughs> and Liz Carmouche. But I figured Brandon from New Jersey might be going to the card in New Jersey that's happening in two days from now with Jim Miller and Clay Guida and Mike Bond. Uh, Mike ba- Mike Bond is, is at every fighting? every single card. Is he fighting too? No, no, he hasn't even made the Contender Series yet. Nah, I won't be going sadly. But uh, I think. Uh, Don Jr. is going to be very disappointed when Robbie Lawler knocks him Can I say I'm honored that the UFC isn't getting uh, Brandon in New Jersey's attendance, but we are at our live show in another country the following weekend. Yeah. I mean, who are the key draws in this industry but me and Way? And don't forget O'Grady's, too. Are you coming to O'Grady's? I'm thinking about staying in the because I got the whole week off next week, so the oh, following you've, week after that. You've got you've to check that off your bucket list. A landmark here in Toronto <laughs> O'Grady's Tap and Grill, 171 College at McCall, Monday night, live raw screening, waiting in the house, WH Park in the house. Maybe a bit of trivia. Greg Oliver's going to be there selling his brand new book, The Storytellers. And man, Brandon from New Jersey might usurp everyone. We'll put him at the top. Brandon, there will be people that will want photos with you if you show up at O'Grady's. Get the hell out of here. I think WH Park might want to fight me. WH Park, no. WH Park, he he puts on a pretty uh, angry demeanor, but he's a teddy bear. We'll see on, on Saturday before NXT. He, he might make fun of what you're wearing, but he does that to everybody, including myself. So don't, don't take that personally. I'm a short-dressed man. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, one, one more thing real quick I get out of here. Um, what do you think of uh, the NXT class for September? I mean, they got enough people already, but I heard there's rumors that this class might blow it all away, like with uh, I'll hit King Cuerno and and the other rumored people. What do you think about that? That's crazy. I, I, I don't know how these guys are going to get on TV unless they, they go uh, mano a mano on uh, FS1 on, uh, in the fall. Yeah, I think it's, it's like they're going to continue to always funnel in talent and figure out afterwards. But yeah, there's definitely like a glut of like so many talented guys there that are under that roof that there's only so much television time. And I think it's uh, like, I don't have a great solution to it beyond expanding the length of the show, which I'm not crazy about. I like NXT at 60 minutes, but it depends. What is, what is the function of this? Is it to simply showcase a great 60 minutes or is it to get inexperienced guys, more television time as well? And, and feature more people like this is, this is a takeover card that, uh, I mean, Matt Riddle isn't even figured onto this takeover card. Like that tells you, like the limited spots that they have available for each takeover. Um, they're limited, and guy, there's going to be way more guys that are kind of lost in that shuffle than are going to be featured. So, I don't have a great answer for you, but it's only going to be compounded with with more guys coming in. You call it a glut. I call it. They might need a pacemaker because that, that's they're they're talent rich, and they don't know what to do with it either. It's sad. All right, that's all I got. We'll see in Ka- we'll see in Toronto next weekend, Brandon. Oh, definitely, oh, no, no, definitely, no doubt. All right, all right. Let's keep it going with the calls. Uh, up next here, I believe we have a gentleman by the name of Neil. Neil, you're on the line. What's up? Hello, how's it going, you two? Very first well. First time caller. Yeah. First time caller, long time yeah. listener. Welcome. Exactly. Yes, uh, long time patron. Um, oh, thank where, you. Where are you calling uh, from, from, Neil? Northern Ireland. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah, just not too far from Belfast. What's yeah, I've been a huge, huge fan of uh, pro wrestling for years and all the rest of it. I don't, I don't think I need to go into a massive introduction of myself. But, no, no, no. Your resume uh, checks out. Don't worry. If you're a patron, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, my first contact with you guys was really um, 
uh, over here, of course, the pay-per-views don't finish until about three or four, and these days, five or sometimes after five a.m. <laughs> so, uh, but then I would switch over to the law uh, back in the day, and um, of course, it would be uh, the mouth and so on presenting. But um, you guys would, you know, pitch in at the end, especially in the podcast version of the show, and so then, you know, you did your kind of almost. Know how to describe it indie version of the show for a while <laughs> you know which you had to find the you find the uh, rss feed for we, we were like I, we were like conan in the earlier days following letterman at the end we'd just be like the, <laughs> wa- the wacky show that the the real diehards would check into yeah well not to blow smoke but it was my probably my favorite part of the podcast in those days <laughs> uh, when you guys um went uh out on your own um I was delighted, you know, I wanted to follow. So uh, I just thought, I, 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 you know, as a consumer of, of what you do, um, I feel like, you know, I, I don't I don't contribute much on the forum uh, and I've never really called in. And I just thought, well, well I should, you know, <laughs> if, if for no other reason. I appreciate all that you do because it's, it's a fantastic product. Uh, Thank you so much, Neil. Um, is, is there is there anything in, in the current events or anything that we've been talking about that might be on your mind? Recently, I mean, you, you've talked about what you're going to do in the autumn. When, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, SmackDown moving to Fridays, um, the weekly AEW show, AEW pay-per-views, and everything that's already happening with New Japan. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's UFC for you, really. I mean, what do you really? Uh, you, you've obviously must have given it some thought. What are you going to do? Are you going to be able to farm out uh, some of the coverage to maybe the up next guys, or you know? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, first, I want to again thank everybody for uh, their feedback and on our forum about uh, our schedule. I, I always love to know what you guys are listening to and uh, what you know. If we had to give up a, one of our shows that are currently in rotation, what that would be. And I'm thinking like a lot of the people are saying maybe if we had to give something up, it would be something like the double shot. Um, and yeah. so if we did give that up, we would probably obviously you know anytime there's something relevant that we would have to talk about, we'd probably try to fit it in the body of other shows. But I think if we had to carve one night out of the week or sacrifice one show, it might be that one uh, and then replacing that one Mm -hmm. with an AEW show. And therefore, you know, our schedule, other than, you know, perhaps having to switch things around so that we stay in certain nights, won't necessarily change that much. Our workload won't won't necessarily change that much. We'd probably have to do an extra pay-per-view a month because of AEW. But um, I think think it's manageable. I think it's certainly very manageable uh, for us to, John and I, to handle everything. Braden, debut, continue to do up next. Uh, We'll see what what the WWE might offer with this, like, tiered system um, and whether or not Mm. it means that there are more shows that need to be covered. And as whenever that happens, maybe, you know, we'll have we'll open up discussions again. Yeah. I mean, my suspicion is that if there are extra shows on a higher tier, mm-hmm. they're likely to be the kind of Smackville. Yeah. Or mean anything. Yeah. Or evolve, perhaps, you know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any of those things. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Neil. Well, I, oh, you're very welcome. Just wanted to say hi and keep up the good work. Thanks very much. And just a. Do you guys work on your broadcasting voices? Because they're both fantastic. Oh, my. <laughs> oh wow. When the mics turn off, me and Wei do our <laughs> daily vocal exercises. We, we sing. We go through each consonant yeah. of, of every wrestler's name. It's uh, it's very rigorous. You know, Neil, if you've you listened to me like since the beginning, you know I'm certainly not a broadcaster. I'm some guy. Like, I'm literally some guy that John <laughs> pulled into the room without telling me that he was recording and recorded me. And therefore, uh, that was our very first show. So if anything, yeah. I think maybe talking to him for a long time, I've obviously had a lot of practice doing this every single day. So maybe I feel a little bit more confident in my voice. But um, I'm certainly not somebody who, you know, is natural, like John. Oh, you very easy on the ear. And when baritone, 
for your voice. <laughs> you're too. You're way too kind, uh, Neil. Yeah, your I'm, I'm going to replay this call later uh, just to lift up my spirits. Yeah. So thank you, Neil. It's uh, very kind words, and thank you so much for calling in. Don't be a stranger. Uh, call us anytime. I guess we're on in prime time in Northern Ireland. So mm-hmm. uh, exactly. Yes, we, we appreciate fi- the call. It's, fi- it's five to nine p.m. here, so it's it's uh, you know it's perfect. Thanks, Neil. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Well, great call. We've got some what great a calls nice guy. Today. What a nice gentleman. Uh, still more time for calls. We're, we're not done yet. So if you want to uh, reach us, uh, a lot of calls today. I'm really happy. one seven three two eight hundred forty four twenty three, or search us on Skype Post Wrestling. Any I don't other? think we even gave out the numbers today. Uh, I posted it on the thing. But yeah, people by now, a lot of these guys know. So. They know it. Um, just a, a few things to quickly go through. As Rich mentioned, AEW has announced they'll crown their first women's champion on that debut television show. That follows match announcements. Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Sorry, with the women's uh, uh, match, did they say who? No, I yeah. assume they'll do something at All Out to right. set up the finals for the TNT debut or set up a match for the debut. Uh, Chris Jericho will have two mystery partners against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. So... That's I, I like that idea to have some speculation going Jericho, into the debut. Jericho also tweeted out that he would be quote bringing people in, so or bring somebody in. So uh, you would assume that it wasn't. It's not somebody that's already on the roster. If he's but, said he's bringing them in, then yeah, it's think you, you're going to have speculation about two new debuting performers yeah. uh, to to pair with him. And uh, beyond that, those are the matches announced, plus a John Moxley appearance. So, uh, mm-hmm. as we're like 24 hours out from this, do you think uh, 24 hours from now, we're talking about a Ooh. sellout for the Capital One Arena? Do you see it coming close, or do you think it's going to be kind of um, midway? Ooh, yeah. Uh, this one's... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely less confident about than All Out, um, but I'm going to say not a sellout, um, but I think it'll be close. I think it's I think it's going to be a really solid number, and there will be people that will take that as somehow some kind of um, uh, negative because they don't sell out immediately. But I think it's going to be an incredible number to start with. And if they sell out, I'm definitely not going to be surprised because I've neither. I've certainly underestimated some of these shows uh, drawing, and All Out was as big as all of them. So mm-hmm. uh, if this sells out. I will not be stunned in the least. Yeah. Um, did you get to see the Road to All Out special? I have not seen it this week's yet. It's great. Yeah. Tully Blanchard, he's he might be my uh, pick for best on the mic this year. Wow. And it's been after like three episodes. He <laughs> he is fantastic. Like I talked earlier about the pairing of Vader with Harley Race and dude Tully was made for this role. Like I always loved Tully Blanchard and him as like the old like kg veteran that's imparting now all his dirty tactics onto sean spears and he's eyeing the contract and he's fantastic like what a great addition by aew and what they did to set it up was that cody will only be allowed to have one person in his corner at all out not his whole entourage like last time because sean will only have tully in his Mm -hmm. corner and that to me is going to raise suspicions that cody is going to reveal somebody Oh, like that's maybe it's not, not already somebody who's part of his entourage. I think someone to combat Tully, you would think. Right. So now, it's wow. a great idea to, and I don't know like at all, but I'm huh. just, just guessing here. How fascinating. Are you surprised that somebody like Tully Blanchard hasn't been relied upon more until now? It's, it's a role WWE never uses. They never go to the old veteran role. Mm-hmm. Like even, I mean, the last time I can see them really significantly with a major league act was Ric Flair with evolution. But I mean, it's, it's really something that they don't rely upon too much. And I think it's a, a it was a great opening that here was Tully and he's been phenomenal in these yeah. road to uh, uh, the road to series thus far. So I highly recommend that. And it's part of the thing I really like about AEW is that they are so effective in six minutes that what is the impact going to be of having a two hour show every week? And mm-hmm. that there's, because one thing AEW has going for it right now, following it, it's not a chore. It's very a minimal ask yep. among their audience to follow, get all the stories, and they do it in quick amounts of time. They leave you wanting more, and inevitably, that's that's going to be different when you have two hours to produce every week. But sure. in this reality of television 
rights being the be all end all, that's what they're sh- they're that's what they're shooting for. It's not to get a big deal on YouTube. It's to get a big television contract and doing a two hour show is hopefully going to lead to that for them. Like that's the big play. Yeah, yeah. I think there's still so little that we know about how they will produce their TV. You know, as Rich Craig uh, mentioned, how will they kind of handle the comedy elements? That honestly, like. I don't think they should drop completely, you know. You need some of that. certainly a place for it. But and it, it's worked for the it, audience. It helped them get to All Out. Yep. Like, a year ago, they only relied on being the elite, and that's where it got them to the to the dance in the first place. So, I, I, I'm really curious to see how they juggle everything. I mean, they have a roster that is seemingly incredibly talented in ring, but I think a lot of people that, you know, uh, a general audience isn't familiar with. So, there's a lot of talent that they have to continue to build from scratch in many cases. How will they do all that? We know we can at least rely on, you know, the very top end for in-ring, but it's everything else, the TV presentation, the tone, this kind of, you know, wins and losses matter edict that Tony Khan seems to champion all the time. How is that going to look? And I also want to make mention, because I don't know how many people are following 205 Live each week, but this week they did the unsanctioned match between Drake Maverick and Mike Kanellis, and Drake Maverick was awesome in this match. Is that right? Just playing the underdog babyface his selling was tremendous and then at the end he makes the big comeback and wins with uh, the acid drop uh to mike canellis it is not called the acid drop in wwe um he beat mike he Kanellis. beat mike canellis so mike canellis does not get the cruiserweight title shot but man drake maverick was awesome and they the crowd like popped for the finish by the end of this and this was not a you know, it's a 205 Live crowd, but they got them by the end with Maverick's comeback. But it was Canellis just destroying him for three quarters of the match. So this was an actually like an actual match with Drake Maverick. Oh, which, it was like 13 minute match, which is, I think, incredible because like thus far, he hasn't really ha- been able to show that much in ring, like even in that uh, intergender match or anything like he's just kind of been a guy who gets beaten up a lot. But the fact that he's actually now able to wrestle, I, I, I continue to be incredibly like astonished really at like the amount of like improvement they've or amount of tv time he's got in his role like yeah. continuing to increase since the beginning of this year and i mean wow. the only reference to like they are totally different characters on 205 live mike canellis and drake maverick the only um reference was they showed maria with the 24 7 title watching backstage but okay. that that's it like they play totally different characters on 205 live so this match they, they couldn't have done uh on the kickoff show at SummerSlam or on the main roster because they're just it's not their characters on on Raw. It's a it's a, a multiverse uh, alternate universe. Yeah, but I, I was really impressed, in particular, with uh, Drake's performance on there. And the final thing before we uh, wrap things up was uh, the updated Takeover card for the Saturday night before SummerSlam. We've got Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, two out of three falls for the NXT Championship in a street fight. A professional wrestling match, and if it goes to a third fall, William Regal chooses that stipulation. I'm really curious to know what that third fall is. <laughs> maybe it'll be um, reverse battle royal, please. Uh, Marcus of Queensbury rules match, maybe that Regal had like a Jericho. boxing match. Well, that's what they, they did on a pay per view with Regal once. Okay, uh, the Street Profits against the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Titles. Maybe winners also become the co-hosts of Raw. Uh, Imagine yeah. O'Reilly and Fish in those roles. Uh, Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong for the North American title. Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim for the women's title. And Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. And they'll also be doing the finals of the breakout tournament um, that night with Cameron Grimes versus Jordan Miles. So, What are their uh, old names? ACH versus Trevor Lee. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's maybe the most attractive looking NXT card on paper. Obviously the main event looks fantastic. The rest of it, I'm sure will be excellent as well. I think simply by reputation and style and crowd and atmosphere. Crowd will be awesome. I I have high hopes for, uh, Cole and Gargano. I think that's going to be like the big blow off to that program tag match. I never underestimate O'Reilly and fish Mm -hmm. Uh, and the street profits have gotten significantly better over the last year. Dream done and strong. It'll be laid out really well. And I think dream really accelerates in those kind of situations Uh, done and strong at a really good TV main event this week and Baszler and Yim. That's that'll be an interesting one. They had a really good promo segment on this week's show. And then Io Shirai, I've really liked her as a heel so far yeah. since turning her. She's showing right. a ton of personality as a heel. Mm-hmm. And this is Candice LeRae's like, first really, really big match yep. um, and being on a takeover. So uh, th- they're going to have the benefit uh, of a really hot crowd that just elevates these matches. So, yeah, it's, I-, I think it's going to be a good card. I imagine it's, it's going to follow the trend of, of takeovers. But, yeah, there's some 
it's like you don't have Matt Riddle on this show. You don't have some of the, you know, big players of, of past ones, but we'll see what is. Tickets still available? Tickets, there. you can see the um, the postering around the city. Like, mm-hmm. they are plugging hard NXT Raw and SmackDown. Like, not SummerSlam. SummerSlam, they're not worried about. But the others, you can come by tickets, you know. If you want to go, tickets are fine to come by. It's not uh, sold out yet. So, what, what do you think? Do you think you're going to go to any of the shows that uh, weekend? I'm thinking about actually going to SmackDown. Um, I'm on the fence about that one. I yeah. might, uh, of all the shows, that's the one I think I can go to. I might go to TakeOver. We'll, it's, it'll be a call yes. later on. So next week on this show, um, we're probably going to be going through a ton of this. Uh, yeah. And we'll be in the midst of it. We will have G1 will be right down to the wire going into the final weekend. We, You and I are going to an OWE show together on Wednesday. A Wednesday at 4 p.m. show. I'm going to venture to guess this is the... Only time I'm going to go to a wrestling show, Wednesday at 4 o'clock, unless WrestleMania weekend starts super early in future years. Wednesday at 4. They've done shows at Wednesday at 4, don't you think? They've started as early as Wednesday. I guess some WrestleMania weeks, yeah. I guess as we've gotten over the last few years, maybe Mm -hmm. there's been that early of a show. Wednesday at 4, yeah. Certainly a bit of an odd time, but thankfully maybe a day that we don't do this live show so we can attend this OW show, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, Uh, we're going to go to WXW that week. I'm going to hopefully get out to the Progress show on Thursday night. So there's there's a ton of independent shows on top of all the WWE stuff in town and a lot of interesting matches. So we have that up on the site if you want to go see all the different shows. Uh, there's live shows going on, including ours, on Sunday. Yep, including the NXT tailgate party, which you can no longer get tickets Sold to. out. Uh, however, you can still see perhaps most of us, I don't know about all of us, but most of us, at least John and myself, Monday at O'Grady's. Yes, which uh, Monday night, up. yeah, we'll be doing a raw screening at O'Grady's, which is 171 College at McCall, right by Queens Park Subway Station. If you're not going to Raw in Toronto, uh, you can come hang out with us. So looking forward to that. And that's about it. That is our SummerSlam weekend. And then we can, it'll all be over by Wednesday morning. And we'll take a huge, huge, huge nap. Oh, I'll, I'll be done. I can't, I can't imagine. Like the G1 and SummerSlam stacked together. It's it's a lot. But yeah. then afterwards, it's a, it's a bit of a... A little bit of a breather. As much as you get in wrestling. Way, you are the MVP of the show. Oh. I thought this was one of our best cafe hangouts. I you love know, this show. Uh, I thought Rich was fantastic. Awesome guest yep. and some great calls. Calls are great. Incredibly complimentary. And you were excellent as well, John. Thank I know. you for holding down the floor. It was amazing. No, no, no. This was all Way who puts Please. us all together. Oh, uh, stop. Way was trying to figure this out, and I just had to sit here because I had nothing to offer other than other looking... than a fantastic interview with our guest today, Rich Craig. So thank you very much. Uh, uh, Rich is the man. Check him out. Voicesofwrestling.com. They do great work over there. Yeah. Uh, fantastic previews that they do of all shows and reviews as well. So go check them out. And as well, their Patreon is voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon. Quick update on the on the uh, feed front, just on a technical f- uh, point. Uh, those of you who have started to... Uh, how who have had your feeds uh, work flawlessly have noted that your speeds are razor fast now or razor is razor fast even a thing i don't even know it is now <laughs> but, but the, they're very fast uh some people have been reporting issues with apple podcasts uh, we've been hard at work trying to fix those and for the most part i believe those issues are fixed however i think a, a good deal of it will still be trial and error so please Please, please bear with us, at least for this week, as we sort everything out. Uh, you can always guarantee that postwrestling.com will be a place where you can stream all of these shows whenever you're expected to get them. Uh, otherwise, uh, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, all these things. We should be up. One of these places, you will get your shows. All right. Uh, so that is going to wrap us up. Lots of shows coming your way, uh, whether it be postwrestlingcafe.com, where we'll be, we will be dropping G1 shows Saturday and Sunday, and go to postwrestling.com. Lots of free shows coming up over the weekend. And rest in peace, Harley Race, one of the greatest wrestlers on God's green earth. 